Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Oh, we're from Two Vet Talk Pets Land, a podcasting fury. We're from Two Vets Talk Pets Land. We are Lewis and Robbie, and we'll try to make you grin. Talking about pets and things, topics from noses to behinds or diseases of the mind, or even the pancreas or skin, or we're from Two Vets Talk Pets Land. Can you believe this is episode 21? For the young and the old, the furry or bold or bald, or we're from Two Vets. We love Yellow to talk pets. <laughs> oh, we're from Two Vets Talk Pets Land. Uh, I need um, a whiskey to try and clear my mouth out from that. How you going, Lewis? Good, mate. Oh, I love that intro, mate. It feels like there was some kind of victory on the weekend, was there? Well, that 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 explained that horrible looking uh, yellow and uh, yellow and black thing on your uh, on your head there. Um, oh, you, you noticed just, the beanie, you noticed the beanie here, mate. Well, yeah, I thought I, th- I thought that uh, one of the cats had smeared something on the computer screen because, uh, and I thought, geez, what's that weird thing on Lewis's head? But no, nah, it's just a uh, just a tiger's emblem. Um, <laughs> just just to let let the listeners in on the uh, the the behind the scenes, you know, behind the fourth wall here, we're uh, we're doing our first uh, online podcast. So uh, I'm in my pod cave, Lewis is in his pod cave, and we're uh, you know uh, using Skype. So. Uh, uh, yeah, late on late on a Sunday night, so we're we're going to see how this one goes. Yeah, well, hopefully. Well, the thing is, I thought that actually, when you suggested Robbie, I thought you just didn't want to face face the music, mate. After such a such a loss uh, loss uh, on the weekend, I thought you wanted to do a Skype. So that's hence why I had to had to put the beanie on, mate. I, I didn't think you'd give me such a wonderful rendition at the and the intro. Very impressive. Thank you very much. Uh, you're welcome, mate. The um the the big thing there is like I've actually been practicing the uh the the. Uh, the delivery of it over the uh, through the afternoon because I wanted to make sure it was something special for you and I still managed to balls it up so you know that's you know <laughs> oh, I don't think you balls it up mate all, all I was thinking when you were singing was hang on have we reverted to the could have been champions here <laughs> <laughs> Was not yeah, because I, I, I was I, admittedly I was running lower, and just in case I do have a Collingwood one there, so so when we knock you guys off in the grand final, I can uh, d- d- dust that little pearly one out. Gee whiz, mate, you're really getting ahead of yourself there. You, you're talking grand finals. I'm, I'm, I'm the Tigers. I don't think the Tigers are even going to get there. I, I just wonder. I don't don't count my chickens too early. I reckon. Yeah, no, it's um, it's shaping up to be a pretty good season, but there's plenty of other good podcasts out there for footy. Um, so uh, so let's crack on and uh, well, and just talk about what we've been doing for this fun this weekend. So what have you been up to, mate? Oh, mate, it's been an absolute crack of a weekend. I've had I've had a fantastic time. So on uh, Friday night, the girls uh, had some friends over. They had a really good movie night. They uh, uh, Stella put on Mamma Mia for for a few of her friends, and and then April watched uh, Cinderella, which was right. which was. Which was nice. While me and Deb sort of just just hung out and kept kept the peace and kept feeding popcorn to them. And then Saturday went to the game, which is obviously uh, we've already talked about that. We won't go into that anymore. Won't rub it in too much more. Oh, we're <laughs> and uh, and then today, mate. Today I had my brother-in-law's fiftieth birthday. 
Yes, and yeah. And we went, went go-karting and we went laser tag. Now, I tell you what, mate, we had a bit of a chat earlier. Yeah. And look, if, if there's a zombie apocalypse, mate, I'm not your guy. I, I'm not your guy. <laughs> We've come out of laser tag. I thought I did all right. Yeah. It came up 7%. And I was like, oh, yeah, 7%. What's that? that sounds pretty – that sounds low. Low's good, I assume. No, nah, mate, that's your hit rate. Oh, so low's not good. No. Nah. That's not good. No, That's no. not good at all. Most people are around 25. I'm at 7%. Oh, wow. Gee whiz. Um, did you uh, – you know, I know you were you wearing your glasses for it or did they fog up? Because you often run around a little bit in the laser tag. You oh, know, you're not, strict you're rules. Strict rules, no, no running, running allowed. But I no did run running. a bit. Yeah, Walking run. really fast. Yeah. Well, the thing I couldn't work out is every time I went to shoot my thing, it was saying I was deactivated. And I was going, what's something wrong with my suit? It's like, no, that's when people shoot you, you deactivate it. So, so yeah. <laughs> How about yourself, mate? You were just you, dead a lot. Yeah. How about yourself, mate? I'd, um, I see a uh, post on Instagram, a bit of running on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. So I've done the uh, so today well, I did the uh, the run Melbourne um, yep. uh, 10, 10 k ten uh, k run. So it started that off at uh, nine o'clock this morning. Um, so I, I gave that uh, that nice t shirt that you got uh, printed off last week. I, I gave that a run. A bit of shameless self promotion for the podcast. I love um, it, mate. I had one guy ask me about it. He's gone, oh, where's the other guy on the T-shirt? I said, he's still in bed. He said, he should be here running too. I said, I know. I said, subscribe to the podcast and hit it with a hashtag of where's Lewis. You know, try, try and get him out of bed for the next one. Well, the thing is, mate, even if I was there running with you, they'd still be saying, where's the other guy? And he'd be going, no, he may as well be in bed. <laughs> I got a, um, uh, they, they've got a, uh, had a big video of the, um, at the finish line. And so when you finish, you got, went back up in a fed square and you could see the, um, see all the people finishing. Yep, and so like all the other narcissists, I sat there with my phone trying to video myself oh, as I was, yes. you know, as I was finishing. Um, and it pixelates out a little bit, but you can still make out, still make out the two vets talk pets, uh, you know, t shirt there. Um, I, I met a, a lovely uh, English couple after the race, and I said, "Look, would you mind taking a, a picture of me uh, with the uh, with the t shirt and with the medal?" But unfortunately, the medal was over your head, mate. So, you know, oh, so, so that's a shame. Oh. I apologise for that. It's strategic placement, product placement, there, mate. That's, that's right. A- yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so I'm, I'm currently in my compression pants and uh, and trying to stretch. And uh, every time I get up, I'm I'm doing all sorts of uh, yeah a groaning of a uh, oh my goodness, I think I went a little bit too hard kind of uh, nature. But anyway, well, it was good I'd, fun. I'd, I did hear some clinking of ice, mate, and I thought it was maybe a drink you got, but you're actually sitting in an ice bath there, aren't you, mate? Is that why I, I can only see your head? Pretty well, yeah, yeah. I was in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Now, what do you got anything in the news for us this week, mate? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, something I've been um, sitting on that I wanted to have a bit of a chat about, you know. Uh I sometimes let people know in consults, you know, tips, tips that I that I do and to try and say, well, hey, look, this works for me. Why don't you have a little shot at it at home as well? And, you know, because sometimes people say to me about um, how their animals uh, get quite worked up at night and, uh, you know, when it's, when it's time to go to bed and they can get a little bit restless or a little bit yep. sort of anxious at bedtime. One thing I do for my animals, so the, 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 cat, you know, the two cats and Rosie, I hold on to a little bit of their dinner. And so what we do when it's time to go to bed the cats go into the cuz they go into the laundry um and so i put the um put their food in there rosie goes out get she gets a few little bits as well goes out and does her wee and then all the animals know that that's bedtime so i call it i call it their dessert or their nightcap you know oh, just nice. a little bit of thing just so that and and it's really funny like so now the cats have got it at the point where melvin knows the sound of when you turn the tv off and it goes zip it 
You know, as soon as it's yeah. up, he'll come from anywhere. If he's sleeping on our bed, if he's sleeping on the kids' bed, on our laps, he'll just jump off and just hell run down to the uh, uh, down to the laundry ready to get his food. So, um, and I don't know, you know, I, I, I sort of say to people, you know, if you've got animals that do seem to get themselves a little bit anxious when it's time to go to bed, to have that thing of, well, when you go to bed and you're getting a little bit of food because food makes you feel good, it's not necessarily all doom and gloom, you know? Does that sound sort of fairly sort of, uh, you know, reasonable and sound from a uh, behaviour point of view, you know? What, do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I love it, mate. I think I think it's fantastic. You've got you've got the cue there. The cue being the TV turns off. The, yep. the it, it's like it's like Pavlov cats or yeah. Pavlov's dogs. <laughs> they, they come running for their little treat, mate. But I reckon you can tweak it just a little bit. Yeah. So the theory, there's a bit of a theory that if you give maybe for that nightcap a bit of cheese right. or a bit of turkey. So you think a bit of turkey. So you think well, our Christmas dinner that we have. You have the turkey. Yeah. And then after the turkey, you're like, oh, geez, I'm stuffed. Geez, I'm tired. I could have little 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 rest little sleep yeah so cheese and turkey are high in tryptophan oh right yep so tryptophan is a precursor of serotonin which is a a bit of a calming chemical so if you laden that with um you know with a something like a cheese or a turkey then you're even helping the animals a little bit more just just knocking off with that little nightclap with just a just a little nip of alcohol in there shall we say (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a little nip of turkey, a little gobble gobble. Exactly, yes. gobble gobble of the gobble gobble. Yeah, yeah, I like it, mate. This is good. Yeah. Well, there you go. Oh, that's Great that's tip. interesting. Tips. There, there you go. Pet tips. Love Pet it, hacks. mate. Yeah. Now, this, now, did you did you the other night in Melbourne? We're in Melbourne, Australia. Everyone should know that. Did you see the red moon at all? Were you up at four thirty in the morning? <sighs> so a little story. Um, so I had a meeting with some um, with some workmates late Friday night. Um, yep. And uh, as I was leaving, um, uh, Camille had been watching something on the TV where they were talking about the red moon, how it's going to be the last one for one hundred and twenty years or whatever. Yeah. And um, she got, oh, Daddy, I really, really want to see it. Goes, oh, okay. Yeah, righty. I knew I had a huge day on Saturday, and so I said, right, no problems. I'll set the alarm for four forty. Oh. So I've so I got home at like eleven o'clock or something like that. Set the alarm for four forty. Woke up at three thirty myself. Anyway, looked at my clock and going, oh no, I've still got another hour. So I tried yeah. to get back to sleep. Four forty alarm's gone off. I've got up, had a look at the moon, and it was just the faintest little bit of a fuzz yes. on the edge. I go, what's going on here? So I've checked my um, checked my phone and gone. Oh yeah, so the eclipse starts at four forty two, but the action doesn't happen until five thirty. He's gone. Oh crap! Right, another so, hour, mate. So I've gone back to bed and then got up. Red moon. Got the kids out of bed. Went and had a look at it. Forty five seconds, Lewis. Forty five oh. seconds, and they said, "We're cold, Daddy. Can we go back to bed?" Oh yes. <laughs> Yes, you can go did back you, to bed. Did you see the red moon? Did you see it? Yeah, we saw it. Yeah, yeah, we wow. got up and saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was I, pretty I, cool I, here. Similar sort of thing. I think I woke up at four thirty just by chance and went out and had a look and woke Deb up and we didn't wake the kids up. We weren't we weren't that 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 terrible to them for some to see, <laughs> see the fingernail bit of the moon. We saw a bit of it and then oh, it got to six o'clock and then we looked out the window. It was sort of too past the other houses, so we couldn't really see it. But couldn't see through, yeah. Yeah, so we didn't get a look. But anyway, I found, got this article that came across my Facebook. Yeah. How does the moon affect your pet? Oh, nice. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, you're into you're into uh, astrology, mate. The crystals, all that, all that sort of stuff. Oh, I know you all, love that jazz. That. So I thought the Robbie's cards, got, everything, yeah, tarot yeah, cards. Yeah, Robbie loves the works. this. So this is an article by astrologer Dana Haynes. Right, and she 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 uh, puts it into different phases of the moon. So in the full moon, yeah, 
The full moon influences the psyche of animals with noticeable intensity. Right. It has been been said to increase chaos and even cause the earth to shake. Right. Gee whiz. Does the earth shake over your way, mate, on the full moon? Well, you know, there's there's often waves, you know, um, that you see at the beach, which I think has something to do with the moon, doesn't it? You know, so maybe she's right. Well, she got veterinary staff and animal control keep busy during this phase. Now, this oh is, yeah, this is probably the only bit I actually believe. There is a known studies have been done that there are more dog bites on a full moon. Yes, than than, uh, than at any other time. So so that's probably something that she's got true. Then it starts to go a little bit just different. <laughs> when, an, when an animal is upset during the full moon, they tend to be restless. Dogs and wolves are known to howl during the full moon phases, while birds become agitated and disoriented. Right, okay. Now, last week we were talking about the lost pigeon. Yes. I wonder if it was a full moon. Could have the been. Pigeon, the homing pigeon, disorientated, got lost. Came well, out in the full moon and just, psh, just lost it, it. Exactly. Cats hide. The full moon tends to rattle both humans and our pets' emotions. Wow. So there you go, mate. Now, then she goes on. We go through all the phases. I don't know if we've got time on the pod, mate. But, <laughs> but we'll, we'll kick on. Perhaps we'll have a look at the the the, uh, the, the new moon. New moon? Yes, where, when there's no moon. Yeah, when is that dark. what it is? Right, thanks. Think, oh, yeah. yeah, right. Oh, We've got a cosmologist on our hands here. <laughs> <laughs> for, for a sense I'd just like to study uh, heavenly bodies, mate. That's oh, all. Oh, yeah. love it. <laughs> Shout out to Christina. <laughs> oh, and Deb as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for a I sense set you up there, mate. Yeah, I'll open the door, but it's up to you to walk through it. It's all good, mate. I love it. I love it. Even though we're far apart, we're still on the same wavelength, though. <laughs> this is more for you than new moon, mate. For a sensitive animal. Right. The, the new moon, not unlike the full moon, supports intention and therefore it is a time to change old habits which block awareness. Wowzers. Wowzers. <laughs> it's, it, it's a time to tune into nature's vibrations, which many cats and dogs and other domestic wild and wild animals do. Right. Animals seem to naturally tune into the new moon phase, understand it's a time to chill, even though this can be a challenge. So there you go, mate. Time to chill. It's time to chill. It's a challenge. Yeah, rightio. Well, that's but some. Uh, that's really. Uh, you know, and how many uh, animals did she have in her study there, mate? You know, it's. Uh, uh, I'm not sure it's a study. It's just her sort of thoughts, observations. I yeah, I think so. <laughs> Maybe we're doing, there's one more. I might go into the super moon. Oh wow! What's unlike a super moon? A, unlike a full moon and new moon, this phase is when an alignment of the sun, moon, and the earth called perigee. Sizeigi occurs. Right. Now, we need to talk to Franciscus about that one, I reckon. Yeah. Perigee Sizeigi. I think that's a turtle in Guatemala, isn't it? Oh, oh, yeah, I'm sure it is, mate. I mean, (laughs) we need to talk to Franciscus, our herpes consultant. We need to get him onto that. So, so there you go, mate. There's, that, that's really uh, hopefully set you up for understanding the moon phases and how it affects our pets. Oh, absolutely. I think the only piece of missing information there is uh, what phase the moon was in was while she was writing that paper too. Oh, lovely, mate. Yep. Could have been a blue moon, eh, you reckon? Yep. <laughs> oh, actually, it's had a good fun review. It's had 58,000 views. Oh, wow. Gee, she's yeah. doing a lot better than us. Yeah, better than the uh, the photo of us with our T-shirts on. What's going on? <laughs> 
um, so uh, I also during the week, one thing I wanted to uh, talk about was um, uh, through um, the the joys of Instagram, we've had a um, uh, been in contact with um, Nadine from uh, Love Your Pet, Love Your Vet, um, yes. which is a uh, so so uh, Nadine's a, a human psychologist, but she's working pretty well exclusively in the veterinary industry to try and deal with um, the, the 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 crazily high uh, suicide rate in vets. Yes, um, what, and, a, what um, a good 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 that she's doing that. It's really something that's really needed, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah, and and part of the we've mentioned about this before on the podcast about how um, with mental health, it's something where now's the time to be talking about these sorts of things. There's none of this stiff upper lip and you'll be right, you know. Yep. Um, it's a whole different world now and it's okay to talk about your feelings and talk about when things are going wrong. And um, So we had our um, had our first committee meeting, much like the way that we're having a committee meeting uh, now or a meeting over Skype now. We um, There was a, a group of six of us. So there was um, uh, myself, a, a vet called Scott Campbell up in Brisbane, a, um, a vet from um, who is Colombian and she was in Colorado, so I think wow. she must have been talking to us about four o'clock in the morning. And wow. um, uh, Nadine in the Gold Coast, a, a vet nurse called Sarah here in Melbourne, and there was um, uh, a, another dude in Melbourne who was a friend of a vet who'd um, who'd uh, uh, unfortunately taken his own life uh, oh, wow. in in March of this year. So, um, but it was a really um, yeah a really good sort of meeting of like minds of where we're all trying to get together and trying to work right. Well, how can we try and how can we try and do something? How can we try and make something work? So, um, you know, I'd sort of mention it just as a like um, anyone that's uh, listening, you can go and uh, and find the the love your pet, love your vet campaign on Instagram. Um, they've done uh, quite a few videos as well with the help of uh, Royal Cannon. Um, yep. They're on uh, Facebook too, mate. I think as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They're all over the shop. So, um, so uh, get on those, have a look, and um, and support the campaign because it's um, it. I, I think uh, you know, Nadine is um, she's very very committed to making this work. So I think we're going to see some really really good stuff from this, and it really is um, you know, it's a it's an honour to have been um, yeah, to be involved in it. So we'll see what sort of uh, good stuff we can. Uh, uh, you know, we, we can bring from it. Oh, good, mate. That sounds great. You'll keep us posted on, on how things go with that. Uh, we, Absolutely. Um, certainly, I'm sure the listeners are, you know, really like to keep on top of it. And in a similar vein, um, I, I don't know if you're involved with this program, but with the Australian Veterinary Association, they have a mentor program. I've, I've uh, seen it, but yeah, yeah. No, I haven't um, I haven't put my hand up for that. Yeah. yeah, so I've put my hand up for that, and I've just uh, got in touch with my, my first uh, mentor today, a uh, mentee today. Mentee, yeah. O- obviously, I'm, I'm the mentor, and um, so we had we had a bit of a chat today, and I'll meet him in a couple of weeks' time, and so it's just basically about older vets supporting sort of the new graduates. He's just uh, in his first job three weeks, three weeks in. Right. Um, and just from a same perspective, you know, just supporting these guys and um, guys and girls and 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 uh, making sure their transition into being a vet is, is a bit helped, understanding that, you know, I think some of the issues he had, certainly I have still as, as a vet. So yeah. possibly me just saying to him, look, mate, that, that's, that's sort of a normal thing that we have. Yes, um, yeah. You know, we all have these problems and you got to find ways to... To, to handle it and maybe not let it upset yourself so much. So um, certainly I'll be keeping everyone posted on how I'm going with my new mentee and uh, whether once I meet him I'll, I'll see if we um, I can mention his name and where he works. But but we'll we'll, we'll we'll keep you posted, everyone. And get him on the podcast, mate. Oh, you know good why idea. not? 
Good yeah. idea. Good idea. We're <laughs> only early days. I don't want to scare him off too early. So, <laughs> Here, mate, sit down. Here's a T-shirt. Stick a microphone in front of your mouth and let's rock. <laughs> and let, let's rock, mate. Three weeks in. How's it going? <laughs> oh, poor guy. Now, look, I know we're, I know we're on, the, on, uh, on uh, the Skype today and we had to talk about, about, about holidays and stuff coming up, mate. But yeah. what do you reckon? How does it work having podcast seasons? How does that work? Like, how do you know? Are we in season one now or when do we have season two? How does it work? Oh, that's a really good question, you know. I mean, um, most of the time, I guess, seasons, they see, you know, again, as a, as a sci-fi, you know, TV nerd that I am, you know, the, generally you've got to leave it on a cliffhanger. You know, you need, oh. you need something to bookend it, you know. Right. So, yeah, and, and then there's there's got to be that gap of anticipation, Lewis. You know, that right. thing of where for people go, oh, I can't wait to find out about this next thing, this next thing I really, really need to know about. So, you know, so that seems to be the, uh, the, 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 the defining thing of seasons. Or you can go the mid-season one, like shows like uh, um, The Walking Dead and that sort of stuff. They'll often have a mid-season hiatus. Oh. So, and what, so if they have like of, a, what if we sort of go, oh, you know, oh, ne- uh, next season Robbie will teach us how to do anal glands without wearing gloves, something like that? Is that what we're with, <laughs> with our, our minds? Well, actually, that's probably that's probably leaving too much. Um, we're going to say something about um, a job that you really want your vet to do that you can do yourself, but with uh, you know, without using your hands. And next and time, save you, th- next save season, you thousands of dollars in the process. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That you got to build the build. That. Well, it's like what um, you know, home and away and neighbours would always do, mate. You know, the last episode of the season before they had the Christmas break, there was, you know, there was a bushfire or there was a tornado <laughs> or you know, someone's getting married and then there's a car that rolls down a ravine. Yeah, that's the that's the cliffhanger you know you need to know that you've got the end of the to, got to the end of the season. Never watched it, mate. Don't have a clue what you're talking about. <laughs> maybe, maybe Melrose Place or Chances. You might get me in, but not so sure about Chances. I remember Chances. Yeah, yeah. How's the, how's the tracking going on your VCR when you watch your old, uh, you know, your, your old recordings of that going, mate? I haven't seen that on Netflix. <laughs> well, I'm going to upgrade my media, mate. I'm going to go from a from a uh, from a VHS to a beta. I think you know. Isn't oh, that fantastic. where it's heading? It's where it's heading, oh, isn't it? It's always, uh, yeah, it's always supposed. To have been the um the, the better technology, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Un- undoubtedly, mate. Alrighty, well, we'll perhaps we'll work on a, on a little cliffhanger for a season coming up, but but we'll have a think about it off 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 screen, eh? Absolutely, sounds good. Alrighty, um, we'll crack on with the disclaimer. So, uh, all advice on this show is general in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information, but as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know if we've missed anything or if you need any sort of clarification. So, where are we off to, Lewis? Now we well, we we're on uh, number two of our on the road interviews, mate. So um, yes, we 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 uh, we last week fantastic interview with 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 Simon and actually yep. I, I had dinner with the boys last night. I had dinner with with uh, Simon and uh, who we interviewed last week. Yep. And then this week we're interviewing uh, obviously Dr. Sam Snelling from Advanced Vet Care. Um, and also had uh, dinner with Raj as well, another mate of mine from from Tasmania. And oh, they, Raj, they, yeah, they, yeah. They all said, "Oh, we listened to the podcast. You guys actually funny." No I way. Like, I was like, "No, nah, surely you talk about Robbie. Robbie's funny." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they they were all like really surprised. I thought, "Oh, you, you guys have known me for about fifteen years." <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, yeah, we, we let's go for uh, interview number two um, with uh, Dr. Sam Snelling. Uh, let's roll the tape. 
So to follow on on our series of Two Vets Talk Pets on the Road interviews, today we're having a light-hearted chat with a Melbourne specialist veterinarian who really needs no introduction. He's a fellow of the Australian New Zealand College of Veterinary Sciences in Small Animal Surgery. He's a registered specialist surgeon as well as co-director of Advanced Vet Care, a multidisciplinary specialist referral centre based in Kensington, Melbourne, Victoria. It's Dr. Sam Snelling. Welcome, Sam, and thanks for chatting with us today. Uh, my pleasure, Lewis. Hi, Rob. Uh, glad to be on your uh, new podcast, and I'm hearing you're getting lots of listens, so that's great. Yeah, well, you're a big, big listener of the show, mate, I, I think. So, aren't you? It's high up on my uh, Stitcher, just behind uh, my favourite, Murder. <laughs> uh, and then right underneath that is, uh, let's see what it's called again, the two, two vets. Lift that up there, Robbie. Two Vets and the T-shirts podcast. Yeah, mate. Very fantastic, good. fantastic. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks, mate. No, I mean, uh, in the intro, I appreciate. I did call you a co-director because you know, obviously, uh, Magella is 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 our head director, or yeah, I'm or, very much secondary to uh, Magella, <laughs> my uh, uh, business and life partner, and uh, <laughs> she, uh, yeah, runs a fairly tight ship uh, at in the business and the home. Fantastic! I know you're a bit nervous about the pod today, mate, with the newfound fame that'll come from from us. But if you take my advice and you're updated your MySpace and <laughs> yeah. your, your Bebo your Bebo account, and you're all you're all good to go. Yeah, that's that sounds like from the '90s. Is there still MySpace? Yeah, there is. Pretty, yeah, we, we got we got yeah, thirty listeners from MySpace, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, they're all the nanas though. But yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, when you when you get it up, it does a jingle of Robbie singing. He does a great rendition. That's the first song that comes on. Oh right, yeah, it's great, really oh, good. Fantastic. Yeah, I've got a spot. I've got a Spotify list coming out soon. Sam. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Sam, I wanted to ask you, what made you decide to want to get into surgery? What of, of all the crazy stuff they make us do at uni? What drove you into uh, into surgery? It was a bit uh, roundabout, Rob. And I, when I graduated from uni, I thought I was going to be a dairy nutritionist which is a very dry area of veterinary science. I can see you slotting quite there. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Looking at uh, how much uh, kind of nutrition from patches of grass and (laughs) how that would translate to milk. Cow days, I think they're called, aren't they? Yeah, how many cow days there are in a paddock. Exactly, things like that. And uh, Well, you guys know too much. I obviously uh, was misdirected and uh, I did a dairy. As soon as I graduated, we started travelling. I didn't get a job straight away. And uh, I actually did a dairy locum in WA, and that was yeah. the end. I just did a week's dairy, and I thought, no, that's that's, that's not it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ended up in Mildura uh, working in a small animal and mixed practice, but yeah, right, mainly a yep. uh, bit of sheep and horses and cattle, but yeah, 80% yeah. smallies. And uh, because Mildura is so far away from referral centres, you know, five, six hours from Melbourne, Yeah, yeah. Uh, we actually had to do a lot of the surgery ourselves. And, yeah, right. Uh, I grew up on a farm and I was always pretty agricultural-minded. Uh, uh, dairy farm, mate? Is that with interest for the Yeah, uh, no, like it, lots of dairy from? farms around, but <laughs> we was a beef-raising uh, vealers. Yeah, right, yep. Uh, but there was a few surgical cases in Mildura that I just really uh, remember, and uh, I'm sure that there's one case in particular that was actually a horse that had a cyst on its ear. Yeah, right. And right. Uh, multiple vets had seen it and kept draining this cyst. And uh, it never really got to a resolution. And uh, eventually the owner agreed to 
you know, knocking the horse out and doing a surgical removal of this really big dermal cyst in the ear. So bringing bringing the new grad up in Madura, mate, yeah, for the, all the, right, the boss, fifth vet to have a go. Bosses away, you, you go and do that uh, pony out in the paddock. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, but, knock, knock it out too. Horse anaesthetic's always, uh, you know, no, know. No, never the easiest thing, especially out in the paddock too, Sammy. Very yeah. dangerous, yeah, yeah, very dangerous. And um, uh, it just solved the problem. And I guess, you know, surgeons in general maybe stereotypically have a a uh, kind of like for instant kind of repair of things rather than the more chronic management of cases. I know yep, that's yep. a stereotype, but uh, that fixed the problem and I really started to see the value of surgery uh, being able to fix stuff. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I got started in, on a horse case, um, but it was enough to uh, really realise the value of surgery and we had a really high fracture caseload up in Mildura and really got into it from there. Fantastic, mate. So obviously there are many options uh, today for, for pet owners to provide you know, more advanced care for their pets. Um, how do you sort of see, obviously you've got a big facility here that provides you know, surgical, specialised um, internal medicine, um, eye specialties, um, you know, imaging. Um, how do you sort of see advanced vet care fit into the whole picture of you know, local vets and your referral centre and how does that sort of work? Yeah, it's a it's a evolving thing really over the last ten to fifteen years. Yep. Uh, maybe twenty years ago there weren't referral centres, or there was one or two referral centres uh, in Melbourne. And the way that I see it, and how we've always positioned our practice, is that we are an extension of the local clinics. Yep. So we don't compete on things that local clinics do we really aim to provide uh, Sam, do you need to get that mate is that, that uh, urgent? Yeah, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> we uh, might turn that one down but uh we really aim to be there for when the referring practitioner and the suburban vet uh needs our help for their patients um so we don't do any of the routine health uh kind of well-being uh management of patients but we are there for uh, complicated fracture repair and hip replacements. And the other position I guess our business is is providing that after-hours service. Yes, and, um, so you are a 24-hour emergency centre, aren't you, as well? Yep. Yeah, that's right. So as the demographics of the work, the veterinary workforce change and the kind of the modern appreciation that you just can't be on call for 24 hours a day yes, as yep. in the past. And we all know that that's, you know, can be damaging long-term for people to work that much we kind of provide that 24-hour service for lots of the uh, surrounding practices um, and uh, allow other clinics just to be able to shut the door yeah, uh, when it is so provide. it's kind of a cooperative uh, tier I guess to the industry and I, I think uh, I think certainly that's what we I certainly refer cases to you know quite regularly and that's that's what I love is that you know that it's obviously our clients kind of thing and and we need this expert you know, something that we can't do at the clinic. We send it on to you guys. We get a report back. We get the, the pet back fixed. Um, and then uh, and the relationship still with that client is seeing us for revisits and x-rays and we're sending them through for you to check. So it's really yeah, it's really good synergistic sort of yeah, relationship. Yeah, correct. I think, and it doesn't definitely. always work, but that's certainly the aim of it is to uh, just be that, that kind of helping level uh, in the industry. Yeah, yeah, good. 
Um, so, Sammy, one, uh, one thing that, you know, obviously d- that we generally don't deal with, uh, one of the huge things that we uh, uh, go, right, yeah, that's a specialist thing to have to deal with is back problems. Um, and we've had a, uh, a, a, we've got a lot of Dacky listeners, a lot of Daxon listeners, you know, conduit. So, so this is going to be good for, uh, you know, good, good advertising for advanced yeah. vet care and your spinal uh, surgery services. Um, oh, oh, can you tell us about... Why it is in these condo dystrophic breeds that they get the back problems? What is it that um, that drives them to uh, have the issues? It is such a problem, uh, Rob, as you know, and uh, we see maybe five or six of these little critters a week yeah, right. uh, wow. off their back legs. Uh, and the reason they're so short is that they have a dwarfism gene in their uh, kind of hundreds of years of breeding, yeah. giving the short legs. Yeah. Are you allowed to use that term, mate? Is short stature? Is that, short, that they have a short these stature days? I think so. Gene. Short stature dog. Yeah, I, yeah, I, no. think yeah. I think you're right. We'd probably use chondrodystrophic uh, uh, gene, yes. uh, Lewis. Just yeah. Much more PC. Dwarfism's fine, yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, the reason that the legs are short is the chondrodysplasia affects the health of the growth plates uh, in the growing puppy. Uh, leading to long bone length not achieving its uh, potential. Equally, the disc uh, is should be a really gelatinous, moist uh, kind of uh, spongy uh, structure. And the because spinal disc, the, you yep, yeah, exactly yep, yep. the intervertebral disc, so the yep. one between the two backbones. And um, when it's uh, nice and gelatinous like that, it's a very good shock absorber. Uh, in a chondrodysplastic dog like a dash hound. Uh, the cart, the gelatinous area also undergoes this cartilage change as well, uh, kind of run by the same genetic disorder. So the disc is no longer gelatinous, it becomes cartilaginous and therefore not a very good shock absorber. And that's why they're predisposed to disc rupture. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's is that something that's because um, we do see disc issues in other dogs as well, but that's the, that's the reason why you got the predisposition in those. It's that genetic issue that they've got where so the disc just isn't made of the the same normal stuff as what a other an otherwise normal dog would have. Exactly right, and yeah. the uh, dashies are kind of a perfect storm of problem because then they also have a quite a long back because the chondrodysplasia doesn't affect the vertebra as much as the long legs and then a very short legs so there's a lot of angular force in the middle of their back as well so so vertebrae of a ve- fairly normal sized dog but of the tiny tiny little legs then means that you've just got all the you know gravity being gravity then just just putting putting pressure much through more the, pressure through the back. in that thracolumbar area and we see 90 percent of our disc prolapses in in dackies yep. will be in that thracolumbar area between t10 yep uh, and l2 Right. And obviously when you see a spinal case and it comes in, do you, do you have a sort of a grading system to use? Like, I mean, obviously, you know, do you ever sort of see a massive disc? Are they, are many of them a massive disc, do you think? Or, or yeah, it's, like it's amazing. What sort of percentage would, my, would you call? Massive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Disc, uh, that's disc, mate, with it, a S- SC, yeah. just for listeners. It's a uh, frog in my throat there. If yeah. Uh, it's surprising how massive the disc <laughs> prolapse can be, <laughs> do, do and they're see? still walking. Like yeah. you can look at them, and there's not a great relationship between how massive the disc prolapse is and the dysfunction in the back legs. <laughs> right. Another word for you, Lewis. Did, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so you're picking uh, up on all the words today, yeah. mate. That's PC. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's okay. That one. Yeah. Uh, and um, the 
grading system is more related to how well they use the back legs. Right. So we do have a grading system and it affects our advice. If it's low grade and it's one to five uh, and they're zero and one, uh, which is really just pain but they're still walking, they'll often do well with medical management and rest. If you get to loss of voluntary motor function, i.e. they're dragging their back legs, yes, we start to think grade three and four, yes, uh, and you really should do surgery uh, on those, in my opinion, to give yourself the chance of the best long-term outcome. Right, yep. Uh, and if you get to a grade five, which is the worst grade, they're losing pain sensation in their hind legs. Right. And you've got 24 hours to do something. Wow, so Otherwise, it's an emergency, isn't it? It can yeah. be an emergency. Yeah. Otherwise, the pro- prognosis... If you don't decompress a grade five uh, within 24 hours, uh, goes down significantly. Wow. Wait. And so, what, uh, you know, obviously, you're, you, when you're sending them home, you, you, you're hopeful that they're walking out in their own special way. Is that, uh, yeah, is that that's a term you... that I've used in the past. Uh, oh, you might yeah? have done some research on that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, might have, might have. You, you do have to be careful what you say. <laughs> this, is a, this is a worldwide podcast, right? So. <laughs> Uh, in their own special way is another way of saying still ataxic. Right. Uh, so still a bit wobbly. <laughs> a bit wobbly in the back legs. But we tend to discharge them if they're improving and they can urinate because uh, post-surgery they often have trouble coordinating their bladder. But once right. we see them urinating and they're up and around in their own special way, yeah. uh, <laughs> then they generally go home. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, and what sort of um, prognosis do you have for them, Sammy? Like, so when you're talking the, you know, numbers for your low-grade ones, you're not doing surgery on your middle ones where you probably should, and then the ones right up the end that if you don't, that you're in some real strife. What sort of, you know... Outcomes, you know, yeah. yeah. So out those numbers, yeah. those uh, middle ones, Rob, that yeah. still have voluntary motor function or still at least have pain sensation, yeah. about 95% of dogs yeah. will return to walking again. Excellent, yeah. It can take four to six weeks. Yeah, righty. Yeah. Uh, the grade five ones with the no deep pain uh, will about 50% won't walk again. Yeah, okay. Uh, even with the surgery. Even That's, with the surgery. Yeah, right. yeah, yep. If you don't do the surgery, about 95% won't walk again. Yeah. Um, but it's important wow. for owners okay. to understand once you get to that serious situation, uh, it's a 50-50 proposition. Um, I'd like to think that maybe it's a bit better here, maybe 60-40 over the years, but it's certainly not 90%. Um, there's one devastating thing that can occur that people should be aware of as well, uh, and that's called ascending myelomalacia. Don't worry about the wow. word. Don't yeah. worry about the word too much. I remember that from uni. Now yeah, that you mentioned it, that's right. You yeah. might remember that, but that's where the spinal cord's damage is so severe that the spinal cord itself starts to melt. Yes, and right. um, you get ascending, i.e., from the thracolumbar area up. upwards, yeah, right. paralysis, yep. and they lose the ability to breathe when yeah. their when their chest muscles go. And once their diaphragm's gone, they need yeah. to be put to sleep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sounds horrible. Yeah. Gee, what you say? Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. I haven't heard of that. I for, know, for but time, uh, most I of the time they actually go really well. Yeah. Good. Now, you did have just a small mention there of some research uh, that we'd done before the interview today, Sambo, and I did uh, put out a few feelers, and uh, and I did uh, did receive a, a a phone call from a very early vet boss of yours um, up in uh, Nullumboy in in Arnhem Land when when you you worked up right, there in the yeah, early days. My, uh, trip around Australia, right? Yes. And he mentioned that you uh, that you uh, you ruined a steam. 
surgical steriliser one day uh, with oh. the grilling of a snag. <laughs> is there, is there, is there, is there something, something you could... Oh, Lewis, Sam, I'm not behind yeah. these two chaps. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was an issue uh, with a, a instrument steriliser. Yeah, well, go on, mate. And, uh, elaborate on it for us. Yeah, I've, uh, I no longer enjoy steamed vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> As no, much as before, but uh, up in Arnhem Land, things are a bit rudimentary. Yes. And uh, we didn't have an autoclave. Yeah, middle of nowhere. Middle yes. of nowhere. Yes. Right out right out in the bush. And, and, and uh, welcome to all our Nullum Boy listeners. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <the show. laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they, it's just a dangerous situation to have such a hot uh, uh, steamed vegetable appliance loose on the bench. Right. Yeah, so, so you, so you had, had it on the stove. And uh, yeah, we're going to go there, Sam. Don't give this look. We're not talking about it. So, so you got the the steamed vegetable vegetable thing on the stove. You're a tall man, Sam. You're taller than normal. You're you're quite a quite a high high maybe a high and the low stove might have been old fashioned one. Yeah. So you got the steam steriliser on the I stove just, with the instruments in there cooking away. And what were you doing? The, uh, were you vacuuming in the nude? What were you doing in the nude at the time? <laughs> in the nude. And uh, the Department of Health of uh, the, the, the NT government have closed the investigation, Lewis. You've been, <laughs> so, been no occupational health exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything's clear. And uh, so, the, what the was case, the floor slippery? What was what was going on? <laughs> the case has been closed. <laughs> And uh, sealed, and we just don't talk about it anymore. Oh, yes, we do. We do on this podcast, definitely. Yes. <laughs> Anyhow, what are we up to next? <laughs> I think. Uh, Look, uh, don't know. No looking at your watch. We've got plenty oh, of time, Sam. Did you hear that page? I think my uh, <laughs> TPO surgery's on the table. <laughs> oh, all righty. Well, we might we might let you off that one, Sam. The listeners might have to join the dots on yeah. on how the snag was grilled and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and what what Sam was doing vacuum in the nude on, on that, <laughs> that slippery floor. Anyway, so um, yeah, uh, one thing me and uh, Robbie sort of been banging on a bit about. We had a bit of a oh, bit of a disagreement about last week. We were talking about anal sacculectomies, um, and Robbie, you know, does a lot of those in clinic, and I I tend to refer those on. And my concern with referring them on um, was there's the risk of the fecal incontinence. Yep. Um, and just wanted to get your sort of grip on it. Obviously, just for the listeners, an anal sacculectomy is where we remove the anal glands surgically when they're causing a problem for for, for dogs usually. Um, but what's your take on the percentage risk of short-term and long-term uh, chances of fecal incontinence I, with with that procedure? It's a surgery that I always stage, meaning you do the left one or the right one first and then the other side right. at a period of time down the track. So two anaesthetics, yep. It's two yep. anaesthetics, two yeah, surgeries. Right. Yes. And I, I almost am to the point that I refuse to do them bilaterally at the same time. Right. Because I think that your risk of incontinence is significantly higher if you do that. Right. Uh, the beauty of staging them is that you can do one side and then several weeks later assess the muscle function on the side that you've already done. Yes. And if it's okay, go ahead and do the other side. Right. And uh, I understand that that's more inconvenient to do two different procedures. Yes. And uh, possibly more expensive uh, for the owners. Um, but it avoids almost completely the risk of incontinence. And uh, if you have an incontinent pet, it significantly affects the pet owner oh, bond. Yeah. Human-animal bond. Yeah, yeah pet exactly. Owner bond. Oh, massive problem. Uh, massive problem. So yes. I think it's worth that extra effort. Right. Well, that's um, good to know. Jeez, I think we've all learned something there today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All righty, fantastic. Now, something you want to... 
Yeah, so, and then Sam, um, we asked um, Simon this, you know, what, what's happening in the world of surgery that gets you excited? Like, what's something that's on the cutting edge? What's the thing that gets you jumping out of bed, Sam, going, oh, today, I, today I get to do this? What's the thing that sort of gets you really... What gets you rushing to the stove to turn off the, uh, the steam <laughs> veggies, mate? <laughs> uh, look, I, I really enjoy uh, hip replacements. Right, yep. Um, and we're fortunate there's a, a really good company based in the US that provides human grade implants for dogs fantastic um so we i guess the thing that really excites me is how the the technology uh that let's face it is often developed for human surgical advancement flows into veterinary surgery yeah yeah um and that's the thing that really uh uh is exciting and that's also using uh imaging techniques such as ct scanning and mri and advanced uh, yeah, right. scanning techniques. Give you a much better picture of what's going on in there so that you can state your surgeries better and make exactly. better you know, yeah. pre-operative decisions. So it is. It is. It's that technological advance uh, that we enjoy. And the big things are hip or joint replacements, yep. uh, minimally invasive surgery, so using laparoscopy and um, uh, minimally invasive techniques in the joints, arthroscopy, yeah, right. uh, to minimise... Uh, the morbidity to the patient. Yep. Unnecessary uh, trauma, if you can unnecessary avoid trauma. trauma. Then, yeah, yeah. Exactly right. And then uh, there's some excellent, uh, and this is a little bit bland, but some excellent uh, ligashaw uh, and uh, vascular uh, bleeding control devices as well that yeah, are designed okay, yep. for, hu- for human use. And yes, uh, yep. we use them a lot in uh, small animals, yeah, right. staplers and uh, specialised devices to make surgery easier. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's the exciting thing for me really, Rob, is just yeah. seeing how these technologies make our role easier and uh, drastically increase the number of conditions that we can treat. Oh, fantastic, mate! That's a, that's 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 great, mate. I'd like to say uh, thank you so much, Sam, for taking the time to have a chat to us today. Um, as as now one of the official vet friends of the Two Vets Talk Vets podcast, we'd like to present you with a a limited edition Two Vets Talk Vets show bag. Wow! Uh, not currently available in the Grand Pavilion at the Royal Melbourne Show, so so you you will be getting one today. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 Definitely. So, uh, contained within the bag, we've we've got some goodies for you. We've got a packet of uh, a Nobby's uh, s- salted nuts, mate. For a- a- any time you, <laughs> you're a bit <laughs> hungry in surgery, thank you, can, you, Lewis. Yeah, yeah, you can nibble on Nobby's mm-hmm. nuts, and uh, and I know your kids are a bit older now, mate. But I do know you can never have a, oh, a, enough dog stickers. stickers yeah, 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 you know. To um, my uh, 16 year old's going to love those, yeah, Lewis. I bet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Go, all over his textbook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, and uh, this is probably the one you you love the most. Is is actually a framed little little picture of of the two of us, mate. Just a the memento of our time together today. That is just so special. Yeah. I don't. Oh. Can imagine where I'm going to put that. You tear, you tearing up yeah. there, Sam? Is that a little? Is that one of those filler photos that you go and replace it with oh. one of your own? Or don't, don't, mate. Yeah, you get, <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, what? That, that's the way it came from Maya, mate. Yeah, yeah. It came with that picture already in there. It's fantastic. That's yeah. and it's I can, I can see why they'd use uh, two male models with such fantastic beards. <laughs> you like <laughs> such regular on. hair growth on the face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was that was a backhanded slap there, Sam. Mate. <laughs> and also got a packet of uh, lifesavers there, mate. You're a true lifesaver oh. for the vet profession and for uh, for pet owners world. You know, not worldwide perhaps, but uh, certainly around Melbourne. Thanks, um, Lewis the, the, and the And then the one that you you preempted a little bit, mate. The piece de resistance is the limited oh. edition. Your very own 
two vets talk pets wow. limited edition t-shirt mate so that is just yeah, so great yeah they, i know mate you're yeah. very excited now it does come with a unique serial number with a uv inside it so if you do sell it on ebay we'll know yeah so, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so excellent so we're welcome welcome to autograph that for you mate but it's um oh actually it'd be better not to i wouldn't like to. <laughs> <laughs> just keep it pristine you reckon Sam? yeah just exactly. keep it the way that uh, nature intended it yeah that's just right. so just so you know mate it has been uh <laughs> Sterilised, you know, steam sterilised, so it's Great. ready to wear in Excellent. surgery. So I look forward nice to the, the cool. next next spinal surgery. Yeah. <laughs> where, where the, the two vets talk oh, pets. Thanks for bringing that uh, traumatic part of my past back, Lewis. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. How could uh, you forget, mate? There's certainly people in your life that the, don't forget. The so. physical heels of scarred, the mental ones <laughs> remain. <laughs> All righty. All right, Sam, fantastic. So everybody, uh, that's been Dr. Sam Snelling, uh, surgical specialist from Advanced Vet Care in Kensington in Melbourne. Uh, thanks so much for coming on today, Sam. My pleasure, and good luck with the podcast. Thanks, thanks. mate. See you. Bye. Bye. Well, there we go. <laughs> How about what? that, mate? Wasn't that good? Thank you very much for uh, for that, Sam. That was uh, that was good fun with Sammy. All right, mate. Now you got something you want to have a chat about today? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was just thinking, mate. We um, so we had a uh, a question um, uh, previously about um, uh, about heart murmurs. Oh yeah, and, I've got um, it here somewhere. Hang on, where would I put it? Oh, here we go. It's right in front of me. Oh, that's so right. Yeah. When I saw, saw your grimace, I thought, oh, hang on, are we going to have to throw in an edit point? But uh, <laughs> but no, you're just looking for the sheet of paper. Yeah, just looking for the sheet, mate. Now, yeah, we had on Instagram, we had a question from now. Look, I'll probably keep this person anonymous, and I think it'll become evident when we, when I get to the end of the question. Yeah, but. Could you include a part on dogs with heart murmurs and how these affect them? Yep. By the way, great podcast. I work in the human medical field and tell my boss I'm listening to a medical podcast. He doesn't need to know it's the wrong species. <laughs> well, that's all right. We still cover medical things. We're all mammals. Fantastic. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We've even that's spoken true. about... about you know, about uh, platypuses. Yeah, they're mammals as well. You yep. know, a little bit Rhinoceroses. You know? Rhinoceroses. Rhinoceros. It's a mammal. Big thing, big thing. We love talking about rhinos, don't we, mate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or owls. We talk about owls. We talk about everything. I don't think an owl's a, ma- a mammal, though, is it? You know, I'm, you might have to confirm with uh, Dr. Franciscus, but I'm pretty sure you uh, may, may not be mammalian there. Yeah, you might have got me there. Yes. <laughs> Minor technicality. <laughs> Minor technicality. It's, 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 got, it's got a heart and blood. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, yeah, but feathers. I don't think they're feathers. <laughs> Mammals don't have feathers. Not generally. No, no. Um, all right. So yeah, heart murmurs. So I thought, um, you know, because I mean, uh, very you know, all the time when animals come in, part of our clinical examination is we grab the stethoscope. Um, and it's a running joke at our clinic that um, whenever anyone's trying to find where a stethoscope is, generally they got to look around my neck because there's because uh, that because that's where the stethoscope is. Yep. That they're that's supposed to be where they're trying to look for it. Um, to the is, point is where that, the, is, is that so the clients recognise you as the vet mate and don't uh, don't think you're just the guy cleaning the floors or something. Yeah, yeah. I've got to, I've got to get out of the blue. Uh, uh, the uh, what, what do you call it? The blue overalls, you know. I've got, I've got to get out of that. I've got to try and find a more veterinary uh, sort of looking uniform, you know. Well, it's um, a step up from the white overalls and bow tie I used to wear, mate. That's a, so you've really <laughs> stepped on from there. Now, remember when we were at Union, we used to have the white overalls. I reckon yeah. it was painters and vet students were the only people that would ever buy white white overalls. Why? Why do they give us white overalls? I don't understand. Oh, it's insane, insane. Um, so, uh, so <laughs> with stethoscopes, there was once I was um. 
So I'm looking around for the stethoscope. I can't find where the damn stethoscope is. So I run around into the next um, next consult room, grab the stethoscope, listen to the animal's heart, thrown it over over my neck. Oh, and that's where the other stethoscope is. It's already around my neck. So I had to double up. I was looking like two-pack Shakur with all this bling around my neck. So I run and chuck one of them away. Well, with the, the gold necklace, you reckon, mate? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Flavor, flavor. So with the big uh, the big clock on the uh, on the necklace as well. So anyway. Um, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so whenever we're listening to dogs' chests, we're listening to their heart. You know? And so we're listening to the heart. We're listening for heart rate. We're listening for heart rhythm. Listening for uh, what's called an arrhythmia, which is where you're usually listening to a heart and it's lapped up lapped up lapped up nice normal even beats um and an arrhythmia it's when it's all over the shop yeah but we're also listening to how those sounds sound we're listening for nice crip lapped up lapped up if you hear something where you're where is a murmur instead of it being a nice sharp sound you're hearing a whoosh or a thrill or something it's like a, a you, you lose that nice sharp sound yep Yep, nice distinct sounds, isn't it? Yeah, and and it's it's the the heart murmurs themselves are, are because there's some blood flow that's going essentially in the in the wrong direction, or, turbulent or blood it's being turbulent. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But but the interesting you bring up when you put the the uh, the stethoscope on on the heart, you're listening to the heart. When I when I first graduated, I went out into and did uh, mixed practice and and. Uh, and I uh, went out and did cow work. My boss at the time said to me, you must be sure you use the stethoscope to have a good listen to the cow's heart, you know, yep. and a good listen to the cow's stomach and listen for sounds and that sort of thing. And he said, you'll get a bit of information that, but it also means you get quite a bit of thinking time. Yes. So, so yep. you can put the stethoscope in your ears and then the farmer can start trying to chat to you and you can just pretend for a good five minutes that you're listening <laughs> when you're going, what could be wrong with this cow? Yeah. And <laughs> And so, kind of, I've sort of run with that a bit more. I reckon I'm sometimes in a consult room listening to, I'll listen to the heart for the first, you know, 20 or 30 seconds, but the next couple of minutes, I'm just ticking over possible problems in my head, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> or a bit of time out, just a bit of time out, just time to myself. Just so, a good idea. What am I going to have for dinner tonight? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> that's, spot, that's spot on, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's a magnum in the fridge. I'm going to have that later. Yeah. <laughs> if Deb hasn't eaten it already. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, it's if so if we hear a heart murmur, mate. Yep. Are they? Do you reckon all of them are bad, or or some of them bad, or how do we know if there's a problem? Yeah, look, it's a, um, it's, I guess it's always a hard one because, you know, in the end, having a murmur is not necessarily always a bad thing. You know, as you say, you know, just because the blood flow is turbulent doesn't mean that the murmur is affecting the actual physiology of the animal, you know, is, is affecting the heart's ability of being able to fill up or being able to empty um, oxygenated blood or unoxygenated blood to the lungs and oxygenated blood out to the rest of the body. So you can have a small or an inner innocent murmur we often hear those in puppies um you know or at other times like say if an animal's dehydrated or if they're anemic you may hear a murmur that's there because there's you know um because there's turbulence in that flow but it's not actually you know i guess it's not necessarily like a heart murmur causing heart failure or or, um uh cardiac function impairment yeah, and sometimes you get—I think you can get it with you know, or cats or dogs. Just, just for some reason, at, in the consult, it's the stress or the you know, yeah. like a, we call it a physiological murmur, don't we? Where it's just, you know, just not really a problem. Sometimes it's there at some consults, and sometimes it's it's not there. So, I guess yeah. you can sort of probably categorise murmurs into two sort of categories, can't you? You can look at murmurs that are got uh, that puppies and kittens have, so congenital 
perhaps heart murmurs. Yeah. And then and then I suppose you've got um, murmurs, or well, perhaps in three categories, you've got murmurs that they can develop as they get older. Yep. You know, that, that uh, I guess uh, dogs dogs are the classic ones that, that get it, like a, a valve problem. And then I suppose yep. you've got some murmurs that can be secondary to some sort of uh, non-cardiac things. So, you know, it's a classic one might be a thyroid problem in a cat or, you know, maybe they've got heartworm or, um, you know, a lot, you know, sort of um, anemia as well can cause it. Yeah. So, so there can be lots of different causes and I guess it depends really on the age of the animal and, and – um, and, and sort of what what the next step sort of is. So I guess if you've got a young animal that's got uh, that's got a heart murmur, what what do you reckon? Sort of what sort of next step are you going to do if 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 the vet hears a heart murmur? Yeah, I don't know about you, mate, but for me, the first thing is you know the first time you hear a puppy with a heart murmur, a you tell the owner and you go, well, look, I've heard a murmur, but you know if the puppy's seeming otherwise pretty good and well. Well, let's recheck it again in another four weeks yeah, because it may on. not be there. You know, yep, it's, yep. it's this. This could be something that's gone the next time we hear you, and we don't have to worry about anything. You know, so um, so yeah, that's I'm usually you, my mate. yeah. Unless un- un- one, the one sort of caveat I put on that is there are some heart murmurs that you listen to and you go. Oh crap! This isn't a this isn't an innocent murmur, you know. Like if it's a uh, some of the congenital um, heart diseases, like so things like um, PDA, um, you know, patent ductus arteriosus, or you know, if the if the animal's showing other signs, you know, it's yeah. um, the gums are blue and things like that. And you think, oh, hang on, there's there's something that's shunting from one side to the other here. This is uh, this is bad news. They're not ones that you can say, well, fingers crossed. Hopefully, in three yeah. or four weeks, it's it'll be okay. They're <laughs> yeah. usually ones where in three or four weeks, you're in some pretty dire yeah, strife. So, uh, yeah, yeah, she's having trouble running around a little bit, and she's got a heart murmur. Mm, yeah, we might investigate that. I reckon. Absolutely, the, the, yeah. The good one, the, the one I like, mate, is Tetralogy of Fallow. Remember that yes, one? Yes, I Have do, you, I do. Yeah, yeah, Christina did her uh, did a clinsem on it. So oh, uh, fantastic! Yeah. Right, you'd be right right up your alley, mate. Oh yeah, that was twenty years ago, mate. I remember <laughs> it, and I remember it's not good. You know, oh. there's four things to it, and fellow yeah. was the guy who, uh, who who wrote a paper about oh, it. That's, a, a, that's the name, is it? Oh right, yes, eh? yeah, oh, yeah, very very good. I've, I think I've diagnosed one of those. Oh really? Oh, there yeah, you I go. think I've seen one. Yeah, I remember I've, I've seen one. I think so. But anyway, and then so obviously, you know, then we've got the heart murmurs that um, that can develop later on in life, aren't they? The acquired ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're looking at, uh, well, I guess Cavalier King Charles Spaniels are one that really, a sort of dog that comes to mind that get, um, you know, they, they get a valve problem. Yeah. Um, and then I guess that's, you know, when we start to get along the lines of as they get older, perhaps we see some heart failure with that where yeah. the heart's not coping and we get some fluid build up in areas you know, maybe in the lungs or, and, and, you know, you see some, some symptoms associated with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think the, um, and, and again, you know, the thing with cavies, I mean, a, a lot of cavies, if they're seeming fine, you know, like they're exercising normally, their gum color's good, their heart rate's okay, there's no arrhythmia, but they've got a murmur. It's something I always say to the owners, well, look, yeah, they've got a murmur now, but everything else seems to be okay. We're going to watch this dog like a hawk because it's a cavy with a heart murmur, you know, um, and especially as they get older too. Like if you've got a 10-year-old um, cavy without a heart murmur, I think that's more exciting than if you've got a cavy with a murmur because <laughs> by that age, most of them have got them. But um, yes. the, the, the big thing is, is once you're getting in those in those predisposed breeds or in dogs that haven't had murmurs beforehand it's prudent to be keeping an eye on those dogs with more frequent uh, uh clinical examinations and also thinking about doing um you know 
doing some imaging or some investigation yeah. to say, right, well, is this starting to cause your dog any problems? Well, Chest x-rays, cardiac ultrasounds or echocardiograms um, are really valuable in being able to see, right? So, yes, your dog's got a murmur, but is that something that we need to do something about? Yeah, well, when we went to Fasava, when um, when the you first broached the podcast, we went to that conference um, up on the Gold Coast, mate, and yeah, um, yeah, certainly learnt there that yeah, if if we've got a murmur, we're really pushing more and more to do a, a chest X-ray now, aren't we? So that you know, if that heart's enlarged at all on chest X-ray, we know that that there's medication that actually is going to prolong their life. So I've been pushing more and more for for a chest X-ray on, on a dog that I'm suspicious of of that mitral valve problem. Yeah. Um, um, and 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 so we can then say, look, we can go on this medica- medication, and and we can prolong your dog's life. It's it's the studies have, uh, have sort of shown that. So, but then you know, further from that, you can then continue on and have some ultrasound, uh, you know, an ultrasound done, or uh, like you said, a um, some some a cardiac ultrasound, and and we'll often get a specialist in to do that. Uh, I'd imagine you'd be in the same sort of boat, mate. It's not something you do yourself. Yeah, oh, look, I mean, we've got um, like we, we've got a, a a pretty good ultrasound machine there now, but. When you're looking for fiddly little things, you know, yeah. I, I I generally prefer to get the um, get the specialist in to do it because I think it sort of makes a um, it, it, they're much better at doing it than what I am, what we are. So I reckon, um, you know, for for being able to diagnose subtle things, getting a, an echo done by a um, by a specialist, I think is worthwhile. There are some um, vets out there that do lots of cardiac ultrasounds and they are you know pretty proficient at it but yep. yeah I, I like to uh like like to get the specialists in for hearts i reckon yeah exactly and i think certainly if if we've got a heart murmur and perhaps we need an anesthetic or considering anesthetic certainly having an echocardiogram um, echocardio done certainly can help us have a bit of an idea of how the the the, the dog or maybe the cat's going to cope with with an anesthetic as well i think yeah, I think it's part of the um, part of the risk mitigation, isn't it, with an yeah. anaesthetic, you know? Um, and it's something where, you know, it's it's all about informed consent, you know. It's the right thing to do to do to do the echo before the procedure. But if the owner says, "Well, hang on, that then means that I can't do the procedure," yes. yeah, spot on. You know, you go, you you kind of got to weigh it up, don't you? And go, well, okay, yeah, that's fine, you know means that we're going to go into this a little bit more, you know, uh, blind. You still take all the precautions. You're still going to do everything right. Yeah, you'll do blood tests to check everything else. Um, You'll be careful with IV fluids because, yes. you know, if that heart's not doing well to overload it with fluid, you don't want to push it into heart failure, you know, just because you load them up with fluids during an anaesthetic. So, because um, we had a situation like this um, earlier on this year where it was a dog that, uh, yeah, can yeah, classic case, cavalier, nine years old, had a murmur, um, owner elected to do the ultrasound. We did the ultrasound, the um, the echo showed that, yeah, it's got endocardiosis, thickened valve, it's got a little bit of regurge, but the heart wasn't enlarged, everything was okay. Yeah, yeah do, do, do the anaesthetic, knowing that the risk, while it's there, is as minimal as what you can make it, but just be careful with fluids. Yeah, we can do that. Anesthetic went fine. Dog woke up. Everything's grand. Yeah, you know? and we're watching that dog now to make sure that it's not going to keep going on to uh, get further heart issues, yeah. which probably will in the future. But anyway, yeah, 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 certainly. Also, I think I think the point is that if if we've got a um, if we've got a heart murmur, certainly one, it's it's not necessarily a death sentence. You know, per no, se. not at all. Um, and certainly, oh, I mean, we do every week. We do anesthetics with with dogs with heart murmurs, and and they come through really, um, really well with that. So. Um, hopefully, uh, to the anonymous Instagram uh, person, 
hopefully questioner. That, yeah, question. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, we we won't name you because uh, you're probably at work listening right yeah. now. So I'm sure. <laughs> Thanks for you, listening at work. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you know. And make sure you give us a five star review on on yeah. on iTunes. Not at work when you're at home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, look, we're, we're getting near the end of the podcast, mate. Now the, we did get some a little bit of mail get bag this week. Yeah. Um. Uh, now this a uh, little bit of an interesting comment. I, I thought, I thought Mark Zuckerberg, our friend of the podcast, Mark Zuckerberg. I yes. He yep, was cracking yep. down on on the fake Facebook accounts because we seem to we got a bit of a comment uh, on on Facebook. I love the shirts. Um, obviously, we put a post on with the two of us wearing our shirts. Obviously, Robbie's number one. Yes, yeah. And I'm I'm number two, not bitter. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag not bitter. Uh, the Facebook comment, love the shirts. Robbie is a super vet, so he should be number one. Uh, and and once again, thanks, Mum, um, for that. Uh, you I know, think uh, that's your own fake account, mate. <laughs> uh, you, you you think? Yeah, that's that's one one of the many ones that I have. Uh, you know, going around. I I um I, I double as a Russian bot, Lewis. Right. You know, I, I've got right. I've got a lot of uh, accounts. I like to go on and uh, and sort of bump up uh, people's Instagram followers. Yeah, you know, and yeah, Facebook, right. Facebook. Oh, ones. if you could it's, do that to ours, that'd be really good, mate. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm trying to, but you know, I, I just that's a little narcissistic. If I bot my own, uh, you know, oh. it's social media numbers, isn't well, it? Yeah. Well, I was was wondering why the 25 of our iTunes reviews are actually by the same. By you on Facebook, by that <laughs> fake account, did, yeah, did different spellings of my name, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Now we're probably out of time, I reckon, mate. Uh, yeah, I reckon that's uh, that's just about got us. So yeah, yeah uh, we had we had another mailbag, but we might just uh, hold it off. I reckon that's a wrap for this week. Absolutely, buddy. Yeah, I reckon we're all done. So uh, uh, if anyone's got any questions or anything like that, uh, hit us up on uh, twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. Um, follow us on Instagram because Lewis puts on lots of uh, pictures of cute animals. You know, um, <laughs> and Robbie puts on photos of him in T-shirts. Make sure you yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, they've got Lewis's face on them, you know, which is you know a little bit weird when I'm standing there at the start line and I'm looking around going, Hang on, I'm the only goose here with a picture of himself on a T-shirt, the T-shirt that he's wearing. Yeah, and because it, it, it fun runs, you know, and so there's a lot of charitable things, right? You know, yeah. and so there's they got pictures of people that are you know trying to support cancer oh, and you know yes, and yes. and all this really important stuff. And here's me wearing this kooky white T-shirt with my and your ugly faces on there. Sit there, go <laughs> subscribe to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking thinking people behind you, mate, that are running behind you, like race going, who's this Dr. Robbie flogger with? Number one on his back. Well, I was thinking that, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I was, I was actually thinking, Lewis, like, because I was, um, you know, uh, I'd, I'd started a fair way up in the in the line, but I thought I should probably start back a little bit, and so I can run <laughs> past the slower people, so then that way they get to see the thing on the back, because that was the thing that I realised when I did the um, the did the Great Ocean Half, where I had had the the podcast name on the name tag. Well, that was on the front. Nobody gets to see that. Yeah, right. So yes. I've got to have something on the back. So that's why I thought no, I need to start back a little bit so I can pass people. You know, so yeah. so if, if anyone's listening to the podcast because uh, you were uh, you, you got onto it from uh, Run Melbourne, good on you. Welcome to the podcast and. Well, uh, well, leave us, us a shout review. out. Let us know. Let us know that you saw Robbie at the at the Melbourne Run. Let us know what you thought. How was his running style? Was he puffing? Do was you want a t-shirt? Yeah. 
was was the was the material coarse enough that it was rubbing him and giving him chafe? No, <laughs> we want to know all this stuff. It's not like they're not high quality t-shirts. I was just worried, a bit worried for you, mate, with a bit of sweat on them. Everything went all right there. No, it was good. I had another shirt on underneath it, oh. mate, because I was I was a little bit worried about um chafing of sensitive areas. So I thought oh, I'm going to wear a uh, wear another shirt underneath it just to uh, just to protect oneself. Yeah. When I, when I did order the t-shirts, they did uh, there was an option to upgrade to a silky feel and I thought oh we don't need the silky feel but maybe I will for the next one mate maybe yeah 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 we'll get, we'll get a nice uh, a nice sports one like maybe a singlet or something like oh, that crop, crop top you reckon mate a crop top oh yeah just up to show the belly button yeah just show yeah. off the belly button ring what do you or, think or, or either that or I could just tie a knot in it, you know, tie a knot in down the bottom. That'd be that'd be great too. I'd <laughs> <laughs> be worried be uh, back to our astrology friends sewing a bit of a crack of the moon there, mate. That's not a good look. Oh, quite possibly, man. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. That was on her list. No. <laughs> the vet moon. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. All right, guys, I reckon that's a wrap. Yeah, right out. Peace out, everybody. Bye. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.